0: in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey
1: fire up for pro football
0: that's what we call a sack lunch nom, 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 nom.
1: this is football sunday with mike and rashad
0: wouldn't kill we
1: play some competitive sports once in a while wouldn't we? Oh, would that make you love me Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 the Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. We got Red Zone on the TV now. I'll we'll give you a little brief updates for things that we see. Falcons already kicked a field goal on their first drive of the game against Taysom Hill and the Saints. We'll get to Hater Love it coming up at 10:30. I want to talk about Taysom Hill being named the starter there as well. Don't forget the Jags shutting
2: out the Steelers right now, 3-0. Ooh,
1: and the Steelers haven't even had a drive yet.
2: Wow. <laughs> Just locking them down, haven't even had the ball
1: yet. By the way, this is this will totally be the Steelers' first loss. How, <laughs> how typical of the uh, NFL that an undefeated 9-0 Pittsburgh Steelers play a 1-8 Jacksonville Jaguars and lose to Jacksonville?
2: Hey, my Cowboys played them tough, so I wouldn't uh... – Went and put it past them, uh, mm. dropping the ball against the Jags.
1: That they did, but Steelers still won the game. Steelers have found a way to win every single week. There's still I don't know. There's something about them. This might be we're probably way too late for any of this being a conversation today. But oh my, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I I don't fully trust the Steelers. I like them a lot, but there's something about them that I don't trust, and I don't know what it is. But I think I have to, I have to noodle with that a little bit myself before we <laughs> before we dive into a segment. It's just more of a very base level thought. All right. Oregon, Oregon State, both getting wins yesterday. We'll start with the Ducks because their game was uh, was pretty scary for Ducks fans. Now they go to three zero. When the all the win is all that matters there, but a thirty eight to thirty five win over UCLA, who is now one and two. They were playing a freshman quarterback. UCLA was because Dorian Thompson Robinson had to miss the game due to COVID or contact tracing or something along those lines. Chase Griffin looked pretty good for most of the game for UCLA as a true freshman. And the Ducks got the win. That's important. Tyler Shuck threw three touchdown passes. That's important. Um, Devin Williams, at wide receiver, looked good for the for the first time this year. Looked really, really impactful. He's a big-bodied guy. You got Hunter Moore back at tight end, which was huge because DJ Johnson looked good in the two games because he was the only guy you had. But Moore was able to get into the end zone and was, was able to get down the field. Uh, running the ball, you couldn't do it yesterday. You couldn't C.J. Verdell had a fumble. He got pulled early from the game and barely saw the field after that. Only had 18 yards on 12 carries. Travis died 40 yards on 10 carries. Tyler Shuck 31 yards and 11 carries. And you also lost a fumble. Like I said, the Verdell fumble, another another lost fumble. This was a really scary game for the Ducks. And it's good that you got the win. It's good that you got that pick six right before halftime That return it for a touchdown. It was two weeks in a row now with zero seconds left on the clock before halftime, you get a touchdown, huge momentum changers. But I think Oregon's defense is going to be a problem this year.
2: Yeah. It's funny because they forced four turnovers, but
1: you know, didn't, didn't really show up on the scoreboard there. You still have really impactful players on defense. Don't get me wrong. Uh, You're hopeful that Noah Sewell is okay. It looked bad, but Mario Cristobal says that things looked okay yesterday after the game. Um, that secondary is just not very good. And it's not the fault of the players as much as just guys opted out. You lost Javon Holland, who was arguably your best defender. or was your best defender? You lost Brady breeze and you lost Thomas Graham all to opting out. You got Lenore back, but there's only so much Lenore can do. And frankly, he hasn't looked quite as good this year as he has normally. Your safety position is a joke right now. It just, it just is your best safety is Nick Pickett and he's not good. He's not. And there was like talk yesterday during the game. Oh, well, remember Nick Pickett suspended for the first half. So, you know, you'll get better at safety in the second half. And I'm sitting there going, you're excited for Nick Pickett to come back into the game? Yikes. (laughs) Um, That's just kind of how it's going for the Ducks defense right now. I saw someone tweet yesterday. What happened to Andy Avalos? This is embarrassing. Nothing happened to Andy Avalos. You've got a really young defense and you've got a secondary that's just not very good right now you lost your good secondary players it's just that simple so because of that the Ducks offense is going to have to be really good and so far it has been Joe Moorhead's been a revelation there early in the year and Tyler Shuck has looked good at quarterback so far and he can use his legs which is important as well I just I'm worried about the defense I could see that defense causing them a loss that causes them to miss a chance at the college football playoff it's just not been that exciting so far not at all all right let's break Coming up next, Beeves also winning any, any wrap-up thoughts here on the Ducks, and then we'll move into the NFL as well uh, as we try to get back on time. This is Football Sunday on the fan. Bye with 32501080 is the fan text line. If you'd like to share your thoughts on things that we were talking about, this text came in right before the break. The scary thing for Oregon is that it was no fluke that UCLA nearly won. They were equal to them all day and with their starting quarterback and minus the fluky touchdown at the end of the half. The Bruins probably pull it out. Any Oregon fan still holding out playoff thoughts needs to scale it back. Uh, If a defense can take away Shuck's running ability, I think they can really neutralize Oregon's offense. He's a good but not great passer. Um, That's a great text, I think. Although I do think Shuck is proving to be a very accurate passer. Uh, Maybe great is a dangerous thing to say for a guy in his first year starting, but I actually like Shuck's passing ability so far. Uh, He's been a little bit off with his receivers in the first few games. Uh, Sometimes they'll go like back shoulder throw and they won't be ready for it, but... Otherwise, I think he's been very accurate in putting it into really tight windows, but you're right. UCLA looked equal to Oregon in the game. Um, I think there's one thought process that you could say, and and you, you can go, well, it's the COVID year and everybody's on the same page and all things are weird for everybody. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a wash, right? So Oregon might be the best team uh, talent wise, and maybe overall the best team in the pac 12, but because of the COVID year, I think it puts everybody more on an even level on a, on a level playing field. And it means that games like this will happen more frequently, or you'd look at it and you say, well, maybe we were a bit over our skis about this team. And maybe we thought that they were going to be so much better for X, Y, and Z. And we really believed in Avalos and the defense was so good last year. And so far it hasn't been. So, I mean, yeah, Joe is right though. You I mean talk about the turnovers force, four turnovers, you get the pick six. So that's of the first half, but you still only won by three and you only had one turnover. So (laughs) if you win the turnover battle by three and you only win by three, there is a ton of problems that need to be fixed. And it's not with the offense right now. I am very happy with Joe Moorhead and his play calling thus far.
2: And if you want to think of it this way, I mean, the turnover that the ducks had went for, went uh, for a touchdown for UCLA. So I guess if you both wash those out, uh, those equal out, then the ducks won the turnover battle by plus three, three to nothing. And it still didn't matter and the UCLA they were still driving at the end of the game they had a chance to win that you gave the penalty that was roughing the passer that gave them even more of a chance down late in the game and UCLA they had a timeout to use also in that final drive which they didn't use and so I mean they easily could have sealed that game off and then you're looking at this season completely different for the next three four games
1: this text too Ducks got beat up on the line of scrimmage UCLA double teamed Kavon on Thibodeau the whole game and the other front seven couldn't really compensate. That's true. Thibodeau didn't have a huge impact on the game because they double teamed him quite a bit and it allowed for the freshman quarterback to have a lot of time to figure things out. Look, I was actually, I was pretty impressed by Chase Griffin at UCLA. I mean, is there going to be a quarterback situation there now? I know he had two picks. I know the numbers don't look super sexy if you just look at the box score, but watching him play, I was fairly impressed for a guy making his first career start and Torian Thompson Robinson has not been good in his career. So I wonder if there's going to be any sort of questions about that. Uh, it's it's tough. And Washington's look good too. Washington's look good uh, up in Seattle. Defense is better than Oregon so far. Offensively, I don't think they have the same, the same talent on the offense there. But uh, it's done well so far. So there's certainly going to be tough games for Oregon coming up. Hey, Brandon Cooks with a nice little 40-yard catch. I like that. I like that. Also, Damian Harris scored a touchdown for the Patriots, by the way and I believe Derek Henry has a touchdown for the Titans to catch you up on the NFL scores thus far. Now, in case of Oregon State, they get their first win of the year as they beat Cal 31-27. to Tristan Jebbia got the trifecta, as they're calling it, a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. And the receiving touchdown was on the Philly special, and it was a great play call at the, at the time. And Jebbia was wide open, and it was the touchdown that gave the Beebs the eventual win. Anyway, um, I've been impressed by the Beebs so far this year. I know they have the two losses, but I I think that they're kind of they're starting to kind of get their their sea legs under them with Jonathan Smith and the coordinators there. Everything's starting to click. Everything's starting to work out. They're getting a little bit more talent in there. I don't love Jebbia at quarterback, but he played better yesterday, minus the two picks than he did two weeks ago. Uh, you still have an amazing running back in Jamar Jefferson, who opened the game for you with a 75-yard touchdown run, immediately uh, scoring you that first touchdown. And the defenses look solid too. I, I've I've enjoyed watching this defense. They had a couple of picks as well. Uh, they, they are they're getting into the backfield. They're pressuring the quarterback, and it's I've been I've been enjoying this Oregon State team so far this year. So good to see them get their first win, 31-27. There, um, I want to see a little bit more out of the backup running backs. Jefferson has been obviously the bell cow there, but I'd like to see more from BJ Baylor. He had four carries yesterday for just seven yards and uh, you're, that's not going to cut it for your backup running back. Um, And I'd like to see a little bit more out of the receivers, which I thought was going to be a deep group this year, but so far it's been the tight ends that are getting open a lot, or at least the Jebby is targeting. So I'd like to see a little bit more kind of creativity in the passing game. But when you run as well as they do, you don't really need that much creativity. You just hand the ball off and hope that Jefferson averages 10 yards a carry again.
2: Jamar Jefferson. uh, I just, because I didn't get to watch that uh, Beavers game yesterday. What a beast, dude. Like in the fact that he had that 75 yard touchdown run and I believe finished with 179 yards. So the other 17 carries went for a hundred yards. That dude, like if he doesn't go at least second round in the NFL draft, I mean, that that to me is what he's looking like.
1: I'd be, yeah, I'd be very curious to see where they would consider putting him In the NFL draft.
2: I mean, again, we get, you know, we end up here in the Northwest. We have blinders on. This is goes for every part of the country. You only see the conference games in your area. And so you think that every guy in this conference is, oh, well, that guy's a third round pick, fourth round pick. And then they go undrafted and you're just, oh, how could he not get picked? But that guy just produces game in and game out literally since his freshman year. So,
1: yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's tough with the running back position to really gauge that because it's a it's a position that's not even going in the first round that much anymore, even right. for the elite guys are falling a little bit. So uh, yeah, maybe second, third round, something like that, I think could be good. I, I have no idea how the scouts will look at him. None at all. I mean, good even for he's the, playing well in the pack 12, but what does that mean? Translate into the next level? You know, same a, goes for CJ Verdell.
2: Very true. Yeah. Just a great win for the Beeves overall, because I mean, Cal coming into this season, a lot of people thought they could compete for the pac 12 and be a top team in the division. And so for them to come out, especially after last week when I threw out the hater to love it, question that the Beaves. Are they going to go winless this year? And then right away, they go out and get a big win against Cal. Oh,
1: didn't I, didn't I say no?
2: Yeah, but you both said no. You both okay. said that they could maybe get it like against Stanford or something. But right away, getting the win against Cal. And especially after last weekend when they didn't score in the second half, then they come into this one, they're down by six, and then you go into halftime, you're like, oh, damn. Granted, they
1: Washington only scored three points in the second half, too.
2: Okay. So. Three, three more than the Bs <laughs> did. And, uh, I mean, so that might have – left Beaver fans a little uneasy, like, oh crap, well, they didn't even score in the second half last week. And then they come out and outscore them by ten, get the win. I mean, that that's a huge confidence boost for the Beavers and the fan base.
1: I would love to see Oregon State get a quarterback that can do it do it all. Um, you know, a multi threat, dual threat, I should say, running quarterback who can throw the ball well. It's 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 game changing if you are in a smaller team like Oregon State with not the same talent level as the big boys, but yet you you have a guy that you can trust, and I say this as a Syracuse fan, and I say this as a local kid, as Eric Dungey went there and made Syracuse relevant. He could run, he could throw. Syracuse didn't have a lot of talent, but Syracuse won because they had Eric Dungey. If Oregon State, by the way, who should have recruited Eric Dungy, <laughs> yeah, uh, nobody did here. Um, if you had a quarterback like that, the Bees would be so much better for it. And I know you're obviously trying to find that. Obviously Luton was very good last year, but I'm talk- he had the injury issues in his whole career. I'm just talking about getting a three-year starter who is just a dual threat guy who you trust and is kind of got the he's kind of got that edge to him. That would push the Beeves over the edge to me. And just making them that team that I would trust to actually get, you know, seven wins in a season, full season, I should say, and and getting you into a bowl game and getting you into the competition in the Pac-12 North, you know? Maybe getting a couple of upset wins. I feel like you're close. You're that close, and it's getting better. In every game, you see these improvements, and it means that Jonathan Smith's the right guy for the job, but you got to get that quarterback. It's the most important position on the field. you got to do it.
2: And having these uh, two games just with the Ducks and the Beavers, and now we're going into the uh, rivalry game, whatever you want to call it now. We still don't have a new name for it, but having— The
1: game formerly known as the Civil War.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, having the Ducks underperform, underwhelm against UCLA, almost blow that one. And then the Beavers get a big win against Cal. I would say upset win over Cal. And then you go into this weekend, uh, Ducks-Beavers. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that think this might be closer than they originally thought than from the beginning of the year or what you saw with the first two games. So it's going to make this week a lot of fun.
1: All right, let's get to hate it or love it. That is coming up next. But first, Joe has sports.
0: Football Sunday
1: with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. PJ Walker looking pretty good for the Panthers so far. I knew it. through a deep pass to. Uh... Oh no! Did Johnny Smith just score? <laughs> no, I always feel bad when I see a guy that I told someone to pick otherwise <laughs> scores. Uh, PJ Walker looks pretty good though. He's passing the ball down the field, deep pass to DJ Moore. He's got some running ability. Oh, interesting, interesting for Carolina. All right, that music means it's time for hate or love. there's no competition this week. But uh, Joe will give me some hate or love questions, and I will do my best to answer them. Well, you don't have to give me points or anything. We're just we're just chatting.
2: Well, I mean, just for uh, formality's sake. Good point, Joe. That was really smart, Joe. You know what? I, I agree, Joe. So let's just uh, give me the win early. Okay. And uh, yeah, just have some fun here.
1: You can host last segment if you want. I don't care. <laughs> uh, perhaps. Perhaps.
2: Perhaps. I got some, uh, I can share to you some of the dreams I've been having lately.
1: <laughs> Which, Sign me up.
2: Yeah, is always very interesting. Sign me up. Okay. So we will start with basketball on Hate It or Love It first. Uh, Blazers and making some moves pretty pretty good looking good i've been looking at some of the the tweets from some of the top nba analysts on twitter i don't know analysts more personalities people that have a large following uh network i forget who his name real name is but um really good with nba he says that uh blazers have been having a great off season rachel nichols firing off a fire emoji when it comes to the Blazers offseason. So, uh,
1: Worldwide Wob said he can't find a hole in the Blazers roster.
2: Rob Perez, I believe. Yep, it is. that's yeah. his name.
1: Um, Bobby Marks, the GM guy on ESPN, says it's the best offseason so far. Um, and also, I saw somebody, I forget, another, another big name guy. Oh, Sam Amick said "Loving the Blazers offseason so far. So lots of love, which means it's going to be terrible because <laughs> <laughs> that's how it goes. Well, hated it 11. Mike Blazers will be a top four team in the West. You know, I love it. I really do. I think I- I'm curious to see what Terry Stotts does with the roster, but you didn't lose anything and you gained everything. I mean, that's like that's offseason 101. If you want the best offseason, what did you lose? Nothing. You still have Damian Lillard. You still see CJ C- C- McCollum. You have a healthy use of Nurkic now. Rodney Hood is healthy and back again. You brought back Carmelo Anthony. Zach Collins, even though I'm, it's weird that they're not mentioning him, is coming back at some point. So everything you had that was at all good last year is there. And you just made the team a million times better. Robert Covington comes in to be a 3 and D guy. Derek Jones comes in to be a defensive guy. Uh, and in a, a slasher and a dunker. And maybe he's a better shooter than he's than he's shown in Miami, but I'm going to doubt it. And his canter comes back to be your backup center, a guy who can give you uh, 12 and seven off the bench or 10 and five off the bench. I mean, <laughs> Carson Wentz is yes! so bad. What is he doing? God, I love it. Um, you You've made the team just better. Now, I think there is one thought on this that gives me a little pauses. Last year, I thought a very similar thing. I thought you made the team better and you didn't because a lot of those guys didn't work out. Uh, man, was Mario Hazonia bad. Man, was <laughs> Kent more bad. Man, Anthony Tolliver, this veteran who could hit all the threes, missed every three he took. It was an amazing feat that he couldn't hit a shot. Um, this year, I feel very differently about it. Also getting a guy like Harry Giles to come in, a good young player, and you still got a, a bunch of other guys that are going to need to get minutes. Don't forget, year one of a full Gary Trent Jr. Anybody? That's exciting, too, although I think you're going to see some of his minutes go down based on all the signings that you have. Uh, maybe you'll see him more at the two, though. I just, top four seed seems in reach. Absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be a very exciting 72-game season for the Blazers because even if they can't stay healthy, at least they have guys now who can play <laughs> if, they, if they have some guys who get hurt. The only thing they don't have is a backup point guard. I wish they would have went out and signed like uh, Jeff Teague or Rajon Rondo. Although Rondo took some decent money. I guess Austin Rivers is still out there if they want to fill that spot. But Jason Quick says he thinks they're content to keep CJ as the backup one and just get Simons more minutes as they really do believe in Simons. So I don't know. I would have liked to see a veteran there. But, uh, you know, everything else has been good.
2: Well, we'll see if uh, Gary Trent does some ball handling, too. I mean, I know he can uh, drain the three, but he's pretty competent with the ball in his hands. So maybe they try that out as well. All right. Moving on to the NFL. Taysom Hill. Biggest story of the week that uh, he will be the starter. Apparently, there was uh, reports that multiple uh, teammates wanted Jameis to get the start. But usually in these instances, some players are going to want one. Other players are going to want the other. So, uh, Taysom Hill, right now, it's tied 3 3. He got the Saints down pretty close to the goal line. Uh, but, red zone, obviously, being tough to get the ball in the end zone. Couldn't punch it in. So, we got a tie ball game there. But, hate or love it, Mike, Taysom Hill will start only one game for the
1: Saints. I'm going to say hate because Sean Payton is an insane person who loves Taysom Hill for no reason. <laughs> Um, I think Taysom Hill might have st- stats that look okay after this game because he can run the ball. He might get a couple of touchdowns. And, you know, he's not he's not bad at passing the ball. You've seen him do it before. But in the couple of clips that I've looked up and seen during the show, I've seen Taysom Hill standing still for 20 seconds and getting sacked. Not 20 seconds, but you know what I mean. Um, he's not doing a very good job of reading through his progressions and getting the ball out. He's taking sacks, and that's not good, especially for a guy with legs. He should be able to not be taking a sack in those situations. Um, But John Payton likes him. And remember, before the season, they said Taysom Hill is our starter of the future. They said once Drew Brees retires, excuse me, it's going to be Taysom Hill. So if that's the case, they're going to give him more than one game. They shouldn't. I think Jameis Winston gives him a better chance to win and they're a team that's in first in their division right now and is in, a, is in a playoff spot and is a team that people think is really, really good. So I kind of just feel like you should go with Jameis Winston and say screw the future on this when you're in a good chance to win this year, but they're going to keep Taysom Hill until Drew Brees comes back. So hate or love? I don't care. <laughs> I realize I don't care.
2: I don't care what it is, Taysom Hill. I hate yeah. him. Yes. All right. Going on to a college football, and I just realized that uh, the Panthers—they've lost five games in a row. Yeah, my God! And they just threw a uh, pick in the end zone. I expect PJ be- Walker not
1: looking good anymore.
2: I expect better, PJ Walker. <laughs> How dare he? He's a Houston roughneck.
1: <laughs> That's right.
2: Chris Miller, uh, former Westland high school head coach, was his offensive coordinator over there. What the hell's going on?
1: Anyways, <laughs> Lamar Jackson also doesn't know what he's doing.
2: <laughs> Interesting week in the NFL so far. Also, yeah. God, that Carson Wentz interception. How...
1: <laughs> he was trying to throw a screen pass, but he just lobbed it up. It was so weird. Jesus. And it was a pick six. So of course that's going to be
2: a messy game. It's a downpour over there. Mm. All right. Um, college football. Like I said, so um, when we were talking about Ducks and Beavers, the Ducks, it was closer than anybody would have liked for them. 38-35 win over UCLA and the Beavers getting a huge win over Cal getting the upset there at 3127. So as we head into the rivalry game, the once called civil war hate it or love it, the ducks at beavers game will be decided by only one score.
1: Hmm. Ooh, that's a very tasty question to me. I think I'm going to say hate because talent will win out in this game. And I have a feeling the UCLA game is going to be a bit of a wake up call for the defense. And I think they're going to come in with some interesting different looks. They're going to come up with some interesting fronts and it's not their run defense. That's the problem. It's their pass defense. That's the problem. Now, although UCLA did run the ball pretty well against them, I trust the run defense more than I trust the pass defense. So Oregon state runs the ball well, and they'll be able to run the ball against the, the ducks. And I think they'll probably shorten the game because of it, but I'm not sure uh, Jebby is good enough to be able to take advantage of a secondary that's been struggling. So uh, I'll say hate. I think it'll be a, a 14 point win for the ducks.
2: And, uh, you know, this could definitely be a one-score game. The way that the Ducks and Beavs game went and, I mean, a rivalry, rivalry game, anything can happen. Uh, so I will say that to get the Beavs uh, fans' hopes up. But then I will say that, no, it's not going to be a one-score <laughs> game. Ducks are going to crush and they're going to roll. Evil. it's just going to be what it is the last few years. So.
1: Evil of you. It's
2: just how it is, you know. Sorry. Sorry to be real with you, but that's how it's going to roll this time. Baltimore's offense like is last not good, year, by the way. The year before.
1: <laughs>
2: uh, Bal- Baltimore is uh, – they're, they're struggling. They're in a predicament. This is this is one of those – I mean, both of these teams, six and three, I feel like this is more of a must win for Baltimore than it is for Tennessee. Lamar well, Jackson think, said so. every
1: team knows their plays. How do you – how do you fix that in the middle of the season? <laughs>
2: Rough. All right. And um, I've asked this at least two of the last three weeks, maybe all of the last three weeks. So let's keep it rolling. Tua will go to 4-0 as the starter of the Miami Dolphins against your Denver Broncos, Michael. Love,
1: yeah. Uh, the Dolphins are really, really good. And, <laughs> and the, Broncos the Broncos are, are really, really, really bad. bad. <laughs> really, really bad. Um, ooh. Oh, no. Oh, no, he fumbled it. Oh! No. Joe Burrow tried to get in. And he fumbled it into the end zone. They're calling it a touchback. Wow, uh, the Dolphins are a team. Man, I like what they're doing there. And it's 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 funny. I feel like we've seen so many of the Bill Belichick coaching tree guys fail. Brian Flores is not failing.
2: Not at all. He has
1: built a culture there. He has built a good team there. They got the guy they've wanted to get for years in Tua, who has looked pretty good in his first few starts. Um, you're going running back by committee with a bunch of guys that you didn't think were going to be good. How about two former UW guys and Gaskin and Ahmed getting good carries for them there? I I don't trust Denver right now. Drew Locke is playing through injuries. Vic Fangio is not a good head coach. Pat Shermer is not a good offensive coordinator. They're not running the football at all. And you've got three running backs who are competent two that you'd be using and Lindsay and Gordon. And just keeps throwing picks the defense is still okay but it hasn't been quite as good as it has been the last few years in part due to injuries Dolphins win this game so love
2: All right, I love the Dolphins being good also my dad is a lifelong Dolphins fan so Ah. seeing them finally compete in the AFC East and have a chance at winning the division and winning five games in a row God when's the last time they did
1: that I don't even know. It's got to be a long time. All right. That's it for Hate It or Love It. Let's hear about Joe's dreams. <laughs> this is. What uh, weird dreams is, is Joe Fisher having?
2: I, I've had two the last few nights, which are sports related. So we, we will get to that. I mm. mean, it's not uh, nothing too weird, but it's. Uh, I I was hoping
1: for non-sports, just complete strangeness. But, you know, if it's sports related, that's fine. Well,
2: I think everybody has the dreams that they just can't share straight up with anybody. Mm. It's just like, yeah, let's just uh, let's keep that one under wraps.
1: Let's uh, bury that deep (laughs) in my subconscious and and never never, think about it again.
2: Never remember it.
1: All right. Let's hear about Joe's sports dreams next to wrap up the show on the fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, Joe. (laughs) He says he had some weird dreams.
2: They weren't even weird. They were actually kind of
1: cool. Well, he said he had some dreams he wanted to talk about. And when he said that, I instantly threw out my last segment, which was to talk about Taysom Hill. And now... We're going to talk about Joe's dreams on oh,
2: well, the text line. Just uh, sent the scene from Ghostbusters when uh, Dan Aykroyd has a dream of the ghost showing up and uh, taking his pants off and, <laughs> uh, and man made me rethink my, uh, my uh, option of giving my son, Hey, you want to watch Ghostbusters? Cause I hadn't seen it in a long ass time. And
1: I, get, I don't think I've seen it in full for a while. I mean, it'll be on TV and you'll throw it on for 30 minutes. But, but. man, I
2: didn't know that. I didn't remember that scene whatsoever. <laughs> so, maybe uh, put off that movie for a few more years. <laughs> One of the comments on the YouTube video was like, "Ha, 5-year-old me just thought the ghost was tickling his tummy."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was uh you said that you showed little Joe a movie that you regretted instantly um, recently?
2: Could have been blank check. That movie is atrocious
1: for was a it Disney that? movie. Um, gosh, I don't... No, not not that you regret it because it was bad, but you regret it because you were like, oh, this is more adult than I thought it was going to
2: be. Yeah, there was... Um, God, I'd have to rethink which one it was. But I mean, I I keep going back and forth like, God, I really want him to watch Happy Gilmore. And then I remember scenes from that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably can't, you
1: know. <laughs> he's like, How old is he now,
2: eight? He's, uh, he's going to be eight in March, so...
1: He's getting up there to the point where he can probably watch some of that stuff, right? He's,
2: he's getting there. Yeah, for sure. He's getting there.
1: Um, what is that? What is the acceptable age for like starting to show them things that have some suggestive stuff that they still won't know?
2: I know what movie he had a hard time with was Jaws.
1: That's uh, what it was. I wanted to
2: watch a scary movie with him around Halloween uh, time. That but was not like, like a
1: true horror movie?
2: Yeah, exactly. And I was like, Jaws is a good scary movie. You know, that's not like a slasher movie and haunted house and mm-hmm. all this rated r like i'm pretty sure they didn't even have uh pg-13 back then so i think it was just maybe pg was it jobs. scarier than you remember it um for me uh not at all i mean well, I, okay. it's badass because a big old shark swimming around chomping people to bits i mean
1: you're an adult i'm just saying <laughs> it was, was it scarier than you thought it would be for him uh like clearly, when watching it i had oh. to turn
2: it off after an hour so, oh really <laughs> yeah
1: um my job story is that i went to disney world in orlando and they had the jaws ride and I was young and I'd never seen the movie and I just was like, Oh, okay, cool. It's a ride. Uh, I was sitting in the exact spot on the boat where the shark (laughs) jump scares you out of the water. It's like you're riding along and you're looking out into the distance and like you're looking at something on fire. And then like all of a sudden it's like, (laughs) dude, I stood, I must've been six or seven. I stood arms on the railing, turned away from it and just went, (laughs) <laughs> and like everyone on the ride is like, "What is wrong with this kid?" And I was like, <laughs> the shark "Mechanical, mechanical shark." Yeah, I mean, it was obviously mechanical, but I remember being terrified of it. I'm scarred forever from that.
2: Well, uh, no, no scary dreams for me. Um, Sports dreams, I, I guess. The situation might have been scary for some, but I think I was, uh, I was made for it. So I got the new Xbox, and I've been gaming like a loon for the last few weeks now since i got it
1: who would have thought that you would have get the new xbox before me
2: honestly i find it hilarious too because people are just losing their damn minds there's probably some gamers out there that are, i can't can't get their hands on it and me who hasn't played it for like six seven years a new console got it was lucky enough to get it off walmart right but uh i've been playing nba 2k okay. and the other night found myself playing for the blazers away game in sacramento <laughs> and for some reason kirk heinrich was on the team as well don't know why.
1: Is this your dream?
2: This is my dream. Oh, I thought this was <laughs>
1: – yeah. you were talking about the like game my, you were my playing. My
2: career mode? Yeah, okay. no, my career mode ended up in turning into my dream mode, and I was playing on the Blazers, and I was holding my own, locking it down defensively. I don't remember me getting any buckets, but mm. uh, I just remember one of my teammates, and I know it was a NBA player. I just can't remember who it was, but he had three of the worst turnovers I've ever seen in my life. Didn't get back on transition defense. And uh, yeah, me and Kirk Heinrich were on the same team as well, too, for some reason. He's been retired for the last 34 years, but I held my own. We got a big win in Sacramento. I remember that went out with some friends out at uh, whatever the Sacramento nightlife is like after the game, but uh, it was probably pretty, pretty low key, <laughs> probably. But I remember waking up and just thinking, damn it. For one, one night I had the actual in, in real life, well, in real life, in dream life, in real life feel of being in a raucous NBA arena in an away game fighting against. Was those- it a,
1: uh, was it fun? Like, were you like stressed? Was it a lot of fun? Were you enjoying yourself? Like what was the, Oh,
2: it was fantastic. Like I said, it was one of the, you know, full, full uh, transparency here. I have not uh, been doing as much of the recreational activities as I used to in the past. Uh, hmm. Not alcohol, you know? The, the, the grass as old people would say,
1: the weed.
2: And uh, when you don't do that, you start to dream a lot more Mm. like that is just because you,
1: you haven't dreamed for so long. So you're noticing it more maybe.
2: Yeah. It's something with the stage four and the REM sleep and all this scientific crap. But I mean, I've heard that before, but once now that I've taken a break from it for a few months, my dreams have been crazy. And so that has been the case. And I've had a lot of, like, not fun dreams. I had a dream that right here on the Willamette, right in front of our work, a giant, like, oil tanking ship was just ran aground in the river and was, like, falling over, and it was just complete chaos.
1: And, like, you were in the studio, and it's, like. Yeah, I was, like,
2: right in the parking lot watching this gigantic-ass ship, just, like, one that you see up towards, uh, like, University of Portland, up yeah, by the yeah, industrial yeah. area, yeah. just starting to fall over and, like, come basically crashing down on our building. Just some really high-stress situations. Uh, me playing in the Blazer game, though, it's not high-stress. I there handle my go. own.
1: I think sometimes if you game a lot, uh, and especially if you're playing the same game a lot, you will dream about that game. I've done it before where I played – this happened in, with Overwatch for me most recently, and that's a, that's a couple of years ago now, but I played that game religiously. I played it every night. I was playing for a couple hours every night. And I remember closing my eyes to go to sleep. And like, it was, the game was happening in my (laughs) sleep. Like, it wasn't like a full dream. It was like right before you fall asleep and you're just, your brain's kind of turning off. I just saw a game happening. And uh, my roommate actually told me a story recently. He goes, because he plays a lot of Rocket League. He said that he actually had a dream once where a full- five minute Rocket League match happened completely unique from anything that he had experienced <laughs> in Rocket League, but it was real. Like it wasn't like dreamlike. It was just a real game. And he was like, yeah, I dreamed it. Just a full five minute game. He goes, I probably played this game too much. <laughs> like yeah, probably.
2: Um, so that was two nights ago. And then last night uh, for some reason I was in a local Portland club. Big Sean was there and it was uh, like in a VIP section and so was uh Damian Lillard and for some reason uh me and lillard exchanged gamer tags so we were going to be playing nba 2k Hell together. oh yeah so that was pretty cool um and so yeah i expect maybe an assassin's creed theme dream next where i'm some sort of viking assassin pillaging through the dark oh well, how is that England. game it's pretty legit
1: it looks pretty cool it's pretty badass all right that's gonna do it for us i'm out next weekend it's gonna be rashad and joe with you uh so enjoy your thanksgiving please be safe everybody as safe as you can be i understand wanting to be with your family but uh Please do think of the olds. Think of the olds. I was going to say think of the children, but think of the olds. Have a very good rest of your Sunday, and uh, I'll see you in a couple weeks, but we'll see you next week.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.